Welcome to the Working Within Podcast, a podcast dedicated to your spiritual growth, well-being, and awareness. I'm Charlene, your favorite wellness podcasters, Scorpio and Gemini. Keep listening if you're looking for an extra supplement to help you reflect on your relationship with yourself and others, or keep you inspired and fearless about the possibilities for your own life. This season, you can look forward to topics like self-esteem, body consciousness, astrology and daily life, empowerment, law of attraction, and so much more all with the goal of keeping you inspired and in the know. For more information, you can always connect with us at the Working Within Instagram or our website, workingwithin.net, to see our service offerings. Thank you all for your reviews, likes, and shares. And if you'd like to become a monthly supporter, you can click the link in our episode description. We look forward to building a community with you. Welcome back, back again to another episode of Working Within. Ooh, I loved that rhythmic component there. I may have to make a little jingle, y'all. Anyway, wow. (laughs) Here we are at another episode of Working Within Season 2. Always so appreciative of you all listening along with me and us on this New Age Wellness journey. This week, I invited my friend Stella Stephanopoulos to come and discuss yoga right? You're probably like, oh yeah, we haven't talked about that yet, huh? Yeah, me too. So I was like, we need to talk about yoga and hence Stella's on the podcast. So Stella and I also met during school um, and we met through our business organization during a pretty stressful time in life before either of us had been trained in yoga, but also during the time in our lives where we really started to appreciate the value of yoga. And that was really awesome. Um, And so now we have this discussion this week after both of us have gone through yoga teacher training, the brutal but also most powerful 200 hours of your life that you will dedicate to one thing uh, and just share some of like the philosophical, spiritual and physical benefits that came from prioritizing yoga in that way and spending so much time uh, trying to understand its its impact and how we can share it with others. And so Stella also has a platform and podcast called Everyday Endorphins, which in part inspired me to start working within because she also really appreciates themes of wellness. She's a Virgo, so this makes absolute sense being like concerned about health and healing. And so we just like hop into a conversation, ask her about her yoga teacher training. I share a bit about my yoga teacher training, like how it changed my life permanently, how it changed her life permanently. And just some of the uh, really almost de-emphasized aspects of yoga that, you know, you won't see on Instagram, for instance, you know, removing attachment to poses and facilitating attachment to your spirit via yoga. And also we discuss some of the like, toxicity of fitness and diet culture as it's wrapped into yoga practice as well as a form of exercise. Uh, We also talk about how yoga has helped us like process the world in different ways and regulate our nervous system. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, please keep watching. Um, Yoga is a practice that begins at any point. You know, there's no qualification or need. There's a qualification to teach which Stella and I have accomplished. There is nothing else though that you need to be a yogi or to practice yoga other than a desire in your mind. And so just want to make that message really clear and want to just really appreciate yoga's roots 
coming from the Eastern world uh, is very valuable. I've found as just a system for categorizing my beliefs and the way I think in a way that I didn't find in like very Americanized religious outlets. So it was just really cool to like have this reflective space. Yoga is, you know, not something that I practice perfectly. I'm not a perfect yogi. In fact, I haven't done yoga in a while to be quite frank. And that does not make me more or less of a, a, a yoga teacher, a yoga practitioner, a yogi. All of these rules are fake anyway, right? So anyway, just can't wait for y'all to listen to Stella and I chat about this. Please let us know if you have any questions about anything we say. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, I hope y'all are taking care of your bodies, doing what you need to do, and hope you can learn something from this episode by listening. So I'll see you next week and thank you. I am honored that you reached out about this and that we're doing this because it's been in the cards. Probably we're late to the party, Stella, I think, right? Um, Yeah. Two podcasters. Anyone, right. If anyone like could successfully do a podcast, it's you. Like you, I'm, I'm dead serious. Stella, you, okay. (laughs) Stella. (laughs) You inspired me to podcast. You've no. had your podcast. Oh my God. I didn't know I was the inspiration. Everyday endorphins. I'm like, Stella's doing this super cool thing. Like, I want to do something super cool. Oh my God. Well, now I'm like so flattered. <laughs> Good. Thank you. This is going to toot my own horn for like a second. But right. my point is like, I think we're both very introspective people and we like to help others and we have very similar interests and when I saw that you started this podcast I was like Charlie's the perfect person to do this like it only made sense it's like the rite of passage so yeah we are late to the (laughs) we are late to the game wait I love rite of passage Stella I literally love that okay thank you and I just want to say I agree I think it I think the energy that you bring to well one to your life and like even how you speak is so soothing you know and so I'm just really happy that you want to like hop on the mic and so we can talk about all the stuff that we would talk about if we were sitting in the b-school lounge I know I'm transported back to Simon Hall back to VSBA lounge or Bauer and like this is take this as like a a snippet of like probably what our daily weekly conversations were back in college. So it's really like this beautiful portal through the microphone, like to the past, but also present in a weird way. It is. And we're recording during Mercury retrograde listeners, which this will come out after the retrograde. Thank you. And we are, we are doing a blast from the past and I have like so many memories and also like, let's get to introducing Stella. Sorry. see, we're already in it. We're already in the energy, but I I have vivid memories of Stella, like being in this B-School lounge that we used to hang out in and like one or both of us being super stressed out about something that was like, that was just the environment that we were subjected to a lot of college. And I'm really excited to like have her here to talk about the subject we will like unpack for you, which 
has a lot to do with yoga and the philosophies behind yoga and our experiences with yoga, uh, because that has been also another mutual interest of ours and part of what connects us. But so I, I will stop talking and I would love for Stella to introduce herself to you all, her pronouns and her big three astrology placements. Hint, she's a Virgo. Oh my God. I didn't know we were doing astrology placements. I'm going to need to check Snapchat for that, but thank you so much, Charlie, for having me on the podcast. My name is Stella Stephanopoulos. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I graduated from WashU with you. Well, I was the year below. So I graduated back in this past May in 2021. And I am now working in consulting which has yeah. been very much a transition. But aside from my full-time job, I have a podcast as well called Everyday Endorphins. Every similar, day. <laughs> similar topics are discussed on my podcast really around health and wellness. Oh, you found it. Okay. So my big three are Virgo Sun, Capricorn Moon, and Scorpio Rising. I could not tell you what that means. Minus the Virgo, because we used to have conversations about this, <laughs> but those are my big three. Yeah. And, but say more about everyday endorphins. I did not mean to cut you off there. Yeah. Why'd you start oh, it? What's oh, it about? So the name actually was created back in 2014. I think that's when I first started high school. Back in 2014, fitness Instagrams, food blogs were all super popular. And right at the beginning of my freshman year of high school, I had joined a crew team and I had never been really athletic prior to then. I had done yoga since I was pretty young and I danced and I was always very active, but I never was an athlete. So I figured, how about I start this Instagram account and I just document the days at the boathouse, my practices, the food I was eating. And it became like a fun little hobby for me. And I kept it up a little bit in college, but the content I was posting didn't feel very authentic anymore because once I got to Wash U, I didn't continue my rowing journey. And I started to get bored with posting the same types of photos of salads and smoothie bowls. Like, yes, those are great, but it wasn't necessarily reflective of how I was treating my body and my health and my mind during college. Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah. So... I took a break from it because I was starting to cringe at myself. Then COVID happened. <laughs> and as tragic as COVID was slash is, it somehow created an opportunity for more space with ourselves and more time to actually tap into maybe a creative project or find a new passion. And during that time in the summer of 2020, I started posting again on Everyday Endorphins just for fun. And then I thought, you know, might as well really bring her back. Like, let's see what I can do with this. I'd always had a passion for interviewing, journalism. I was a creative writing minor in college. And at the time I was working for this company called The Power Thread, really spearheading their strategic content, their interviews. So I had already exercised that skill set for two years. And I figured this is the perfect time to start Everyday Endorphins as a podcast. And it's been up and running ever since, you know, October 2020, about a year now. Wow. 
And can I just say, you so clearly are a podcaster because your speech and the way you communicate is so beautiful. I'm like sitting here listening to you speak and I'm like, yes, these words are crisp and I clearly understand them and her intonation is wonderful. So I just wanted to say that. Um, Thank you. I'm really, I'm blushing. I'm like, what did I do to deserve this? When you said crisp, immediately my mind was thinking of like apple picking because now we're in the midst of the fall season and all I want to do is go apple picking. Seriously. And the apples are so good right now, which reminds me, I should probably get some. I really appreciate though, your like very like candid reflection about how college can really change how you treat yourself and especially like the school we went to for instance it's really cool to hear you say like as someone who promotes health and wellness and has your podcast that you were really aware of what health and fitness spaces could do to people and what it was even doing to you as you were navigating a really more stressful time in life so like thank you for sharing that and the lens that you bring now to, you know, the content you shared, having gone through that and and being really reflective and introspective in that way. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I really, something just wasn't right. Like there's nothing wrong with having a smoothie bowl and a salad, like, you know, objectively, those are healthy options, like healthy things to eat. But even if I was eating a salad every day, it wasn't necessarily like the most nutritious thing, nor was I enjoying it. And then it was like, well, what value am I adding to my feed or to others, pe- other people's feed if it's the same photos of the same types of food where mm-hmm. it's just it was a very one dimensional view of health. And that didn't even account for the fact of, you know, stress playing a huge role in college and that impacting your mental health. And I think, you know, the way we see health portrayed on social media is so warped and it still is honestly, like when I scroll through TikTok and I'm going through the, um, I don't know if you're familiar with like the, that girl trend in theory, I can understand why it's meant to promote like a healthy lifestyle and inspire people. It's just like a vlog essentially, an aesthetic vlog of people like waking up early and journaling and doing yoga and taking a nice shower. And it's, I watch those cause they come up on my feed, which maybe says something about me cause the algorithm knows everything, <laughs> but I'm like looking at this and I'm like, Oh, that sounds so nice. Like this looks perfect. And then I'm trying to achieve that every day because I know I like to wake up early and I know I like to work out in the mornings, but it's not feasible to do that every day. Like you're only human. And so then I feel kind of when I'm not achieving that, but it's always populated on my feed. And I think, yes, it's a great message to promote, to do certain things that are good for your health, but it's very, it still feels very one-dimensional to me, similar to like, you know, how I was using the Everyday Endorphins Instagram like five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. You know, just thank you for saying that. I agree. I think growing up, I also saw health in only one way and that uh, honestly had a lot to do with my appearance just like the conditioning i received nevertheless though i was eating really bad and like was not hitting my food groups and i did not exercise and i'm just grateful that you know maybe it took rock bottom like nervous breakdown situations for me to like really snap into it and like take care of my mind in addition to my like physical energy in addition to my emotions uh, and so I'm like 
happy for us to dive into what has been a big part of my own transition mental health, which is, is due to yoga. So Stella, I'm curious, can you tell us about how you found yoga and how would you describe how you found it to where you are with its practice now? That's a really great question. So I was kind of thrown into it. I started practicing yoga casually, like recreationally for fun with my mom in like 2008, 2009. So I was about eight, nine, 10 years old when I first got into yoga. And the only reason I was doing it was because my mom would go to the studio. She didn't want to leave me home alone. So she'd drag me along with her and I'd wait in the lobby. And then once I was old enough to like figure it out and try it out in the adult classes, the teachers are like, okay, come on in, like go take a yoga class with your mom. So I was doing Ashtanga, Vinyasa, Hatha classes at Pure Yoga on the Upper East Side with my mom at like the age of nine, <laughs> which was like, I didn't even know it. It was kind of like fun, acrobatic type, you know, activity for me at, at that time. And then naturally, because it's something that your parents do and bring you to, you decide to detest it. So I was like, oh, I don't want to go to yoga. Mm -hmm. I grew out of that phase and really started to develop my own practice. I would say end of middle school and then early high school and throughout high school was when I really got into it. And I think when I was practicing it more regularly in high school, I saw yoga as more of a recovery day because at the time I was a competitive athlete. I was doing rowing. So I was like pushing my heart rate super high in those workouts. It was five, six days a week of practice. It was intense. It was training. It was conditioning. Yoga was the one physical activity where I could really just take care of my body and find a space to just relax and decompress. And that's really what drew me to it. And then I started to notice how it was really similar to rowing because rowing is very rhythmic and fluid and dynamic. And so is yoga. Yoga is very rhythmic. It's kind of like a dance to me. And I also had a dance background growing up. I had done ballet for a while. And I also played violin for like 10 years growing up. So I always was very creative into music, into rhythm. And I think yoga was such a beautiful complement to the sport of rowing, but also subliminally like drew in these other themes in my life I didn't even I didn't even realize at the time and that was kind of my experience with it in high school but moving into college after I'd stopped rowing I kind of hit this regular person non-athlete crisis where it was like well how am I supposed to eat now that I'm not burning x amount of calories a day like what kind of exercises should I do to stay fit and, and strong and toned does that require me like killing myself every day on a rowing machine or can I just go on a brief jog or get on the elliptical? Like after doing something so intense, my mindset was warped around exercise because I thought that a 20 minute jog was like a rest day when in fact it's physical activity and it's good to get yourself moving and your heart pumping blood. So in college, I really clung to yoga because it was something that was getting me active. It was calming my mind. And it was really nice to get off campus and be a part of a yoga studio and feel as if I was living somewhere else besides a college campus. Mm. And a lot of the life lessons that I started to realize in college were more or less 
similar to the things that I learned in yoga. Mm. And I thought it was just such a beautiful philosophy. And that's really what kept me going. Just the, the mental component more so than what started out as like a physical activity for me hasn't, it's now transitioned into something that's a more holistic view of health and well-being. Yeah, it sounds like yoga has been like a companion slash catalyst for you and like this whole debunking of physical health being like one with exercise and intense physical activity to now like moving toward the multidimensional. I don't even know how many dimensions we can assign health to now um, to really think about how your mind plays into even your own perception of your health and your own perception of your body, for instance. And I really also appreciated how, you know, now, now that you get to look back at where yoga's place or where you placed yoga amidst your more intense workouts, how you still can recognize that it does like facilitate that caretaking of your own body. It's like such a wonderful treat. It is. I love that you use that word to describe it as being a treat because it really is like I really was of the mentality that yoga was meant to be purely physical activity. But if you abstract a bit away from that, you'll get the like 360 benefits. Like you'll get the physical activity component. You'll get the emotional health component and like that spirituality too, even if it's what you're not looking for. It finds a way to like creep up on you. And it doesn't mean being like religious. If you're not religious, that's fine. You can still be very spiritual. Yes. I think that's also something I learned more recently through my continued practice of yoga. Yes. And maybe your yoga teacher training. I would love to talk about that. Um, And also those life lessons. So I don't know, wherever you want to start, Stella, we can go teacher training. We can go to life lessons, both. Like what has happened so recently with your transformation on your yoga journey? Let's start with the teacher training because I often think about this past summer and my heart, like it goes heavy in the best way possible because all I want to do is be back in that experience. This past summer, I was in Bali for two months and I had the opportunity to do a 200-hour Hatha Vinyasa yoga teacher training. So at the end of that one month, I was certified and then I spent the remainder of my time in Bali traveling and exploring and not as much travel actually as I was, was hoping for because Indonesia actually was a red zone and COVID had gotten really bad there again. But, you know, nevertheless, I, I was still there and traveling within the island and, and just relaxing. But on my teacher training, I think something that I didn't expect to happen was it really extended far beyond the practical side of learning how to teach. So yes, and maybe you can attest to this too with your yoga certification, but I thought it was just going to be, this is how you teach this pose. This is how you sequence a class. These are the cues you want to give. Of course, all of that's covered, but to really be a good yoga teacher, you need to embody like the values of yoga and you need to reflect on your own life and see where there's an alignment and then where, where there's a mismatch. And you have, it's, you just really have to unpack, like you go in full force and you just kind of, I felt like I was kind of tearing myself apart in a good way. Like I was looking at things in my past that I never thought really about before. And I was just questioning a lot about 
my childhood and my family and my upbringing and things that just as kids you're born into you're you're fed into this picture and you don't know any better because you're a kid and so i i was starting to now look back on my life with a greater sense of clarity and consciousness and that was like a really transformative experience for me and it felt like therapy honestly and i'd never gone to therapy so it was really this like intense month of exploring that being in a third world country on my own <laughs> meeting new people in the context of this teacher training getting acclimated with living in bali like it was so much and i think being in bali also helped be the catalyst of all that change because when you're in such an intense environment like that i think it brings out that side of you that wants to be more introspective rather than if i had done this teacher training in new york for example or in california would have been an entirely different experience but i would you know i would say the teacher training i got stronger i deepened my practice physically and spiritually and that is like what i'm holding on to now because anywhere you go you can do yoga you can find that feeling anywhere and right now to be honest it's been a bit challenging because i'm craving the routine i had and i want that back so badly but that's just not the case right now now it's a different phase of my life and it's okay like that is totally okay and that is part of it right like there are phases i know and thank you for flipping it back to me a bit um in my yoga teacher training you know something that we grounded ourselves in all the time was yoga begins now so it's it's not even about like what you wanted to have happened to this point um you maybe regrets you might have about the way you've been like carrying your time it's about what you can make yourself feel now because you can And I would agree with like everything you said times 10 still. I it felt like therapy for a month. Um I did my teacher training earlier in the pandemic, like very early in the pandemic, and I was very aware of like all the extra stuff that did not come with directly teaching poses, like wake up every day and make your bed. And when you make your bed, you need to do these breathing exercises and you need to do this that and this other thing that has nothing to do with like working out or doing a yoga pose. And by the end of that training, I was a completely different person, you know, very tuned into my own energy, very tuned into how I can someone else's energy. Like there was a lot of development of consciousness that is just so amazing and I think was really grounded in just some of like exploring yogic philosophy which i really loved i've never connected with a, a school of thought as much as i did when we started um piecing apart just some of the yoga sutras and i'm definitely not an expert at all but yeah yeah i feel like we also had just scratched the surface with the sutras and the yamas and the niyamas like everything was just kind of like a crash course which is why eventually i'd love to do another 2 hour 200 hour teacher training but something yeah i would say is as cliche as it may sound yoga really is like this lifestyle and i love how you mentioned that small thing about just waking up and making your bed in the morning like that in a way is practicing yoga and we also learned about the sister science of yoga which is ayurveda and there's so much in the ayurveda philosophy around 
taking care of yourself and what health means to each individual person beyond diet and exercise, but routine and certain practices you can do just to like cleanse your body and cleanse your mind and small things you can bring into your day-to-day routine. So I think after this training, my understanding of yoga really just expanded so much. And now I, (laughs) I go to classes sometimes in the city and I'm like, okay, this was a great hour on the mat and I loved the flow, but I'm missing the deeper component because now the way yoga is marketed in the West, it's like these really fancy, cool studios. And it's like these great workouts you can do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm a hundred percent into all of that. I, I have my favorite studios in New York. I have my favorite yoga brands, but now it's like, once you get like decadent cake, like a slice of cold pie, isn't going to do it. If I don't know if that analogy makes sense, but I'm trying to compare how intense my teacher training was to now just practicing again from my home studios and doing it in such a different environment. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, some of it is just that community. Like when you have a community of people who are wanting to like get really deep in their minds and their hearts while connecting it to a physical practice, like that just has to be part of what makes it so enriching. Like think about churches, for instance, like people go to church for a community of folks who also are looking for or identify with this philosophy or this way of thinking and really believe in it. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Like coming out of the training, it it is a job to have that level of dedication and intensity again. So. Yeah, definitely. It's funny that you bring up churches because I'm Greek Orthodox and I grew up going to church my whole life, but I was never super I never paid attention in Sunday school. I was never going to all these Greek events. And my family is pretty religious. My dad's father was a priest. So like very much in his side of the family, especially. And my mom's side as well. Pretty religious. Her her parents are in Greece. Um, she was an immigrant to this country. But, you know, in high school, I wouldn't go to church that often. I never really prioritized like the Greek Orthodox community. And my dad would always say like, it's not good. Like you need to go to church, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And I think in some weird way, shape or form doing the teacher training kind of gave me that like spirituality kick that maybe the church wasn't, but now I can understand the parallels and I can really see how religion brings people a lot of fulfillment, which I hadn't previously understood before. That is so beautiful. It does give a spiritual kick, like a huge kick (laughs) in the Right. But that was a little off topic, the whole church thing. But I think like another thing about yoga that I really, I really loved this, I, this concept that was taught to me. And I think this, this saying hopefully will make the practice more accessible to people, especially those who are not necessarily into the idea of doing yoga as let's say some people don't even like yoga because if they want to work out, they want to do a hard cardio blast or something. And I have, I have my thoughts about that, but um, something that I, I learned in this teacher training was that yoga really is a way to regulate your nervous system. And that was huge for me because that takes away all the, 
all of the Shiva, the this, the that, the poses, like all the things that people maybe are hesitant about with yoga, like the spirituality or the the lack of a rigorous exercise in their perspective. And it just boils it down to a practice that regulates your nervous system and brings calm and clarity into your body and into your mind. And who doesn't want that? Also, can I just say yoga can, I guess I agree with you. Let me just also say yoga can totally be a rigorous practice and intense. Like I can't even hold this anymore. I'm dripping sweat on my mat. My body's aching for several days practice for all of those folks who are listening. Just wanted to say that at the same time, you saying that about regulating the nervous system. Absolutely. Yes. That's, I think that's like the perfect name of what I came out of yoga teacher training as a more regulated human when thinking about the nervous system. Because when I reflect back, you know, I was not around and are any of us around like a lot of people who are like really great at like regulating their stress and emotions. And especially like in school and just dealing with life thus far, I had been really like having to manage a lot of reactions and like bursts of energy around me. And that had like materialized and been internalized by me. And that was something I was in replicating, like intense highs and lows and tension and stress and school and just everything like signaling an alarm. Now I'm just like, so cool. (laughs) Like even like so cool, like nothing matters. And obviously not all the time because things happen in life is life. But I have absolutely become a 100% chill more or more chill person as a result of yoga. Yeah. I mean, the whole concept, everything we were learning was really about this fight or flight and, you know, our our sympathetic and our parasympathetic nervous system and yoga through breathing and through linking breath with movement, as I know you're aware of because of your teacher training, it really activates you into this parasympathetic. It gets you out of the intense fight or flight mode and it just gets you to just calm down and that's just so important to be able to do to like have that built into your toolkit because science shows now that we react the same to like physiologically the way our bodies would respond to a tiger in the woods chasing us is now the same exact response when we have like a stressful email from a boss or a fight with a parent or a sibling or whatever like it's the same stress signals that are coming to us and we're behaving in the same exact way, physiologically speaking. And it just, that's not right because it doesn't make any sense to have to constantly be in the sympathetic nervous system, constantly in fight or flight over minuscule things. So we're always like wired now and like anxious and on edge. And especially as you mentioned in college, you're dealing with so much. So it really is important to learn how to regulate that and the power of breath i mean that's like i could talk about that for a long time because breathing is the most direct way to regulate your nervous system it directly changes your heart rate it calms your mind when you really and it doesn't take that long five minutes of focused breathing can go a long way and I think there's also this misconception that if you just sit down and you just meditate and you just do your yoga, then all is good in the world. That's not true. Yoga is never going to be a cure for stress or anything that's causing you stress. It is simply a tool. But when you practice it regularly, you build in this 
resiliency in your toolkit. Like it becomes part of you. So the things that you would normally get super agitated by, like you have a higher tolerance for that. So it's, you're just kind of mellow. You're just kind of like chilling. And that's, I think the best thing about yoga. And then you're also getting the added benefit of the exercise. And I'm so glad that earlier you mentioned that it can be a rigorous workout because that's another big misconception that I like to, I like to talk about is that the people that see yoga as like a simple set of stretching exercises have a very half painted view of what yoga is. Yes, you can stretch. It's good. Stretching is great for you. Have you ever tried a heated vinyasa class that's maybe like an advanced level and doesn't mean you're doing these crazy headstands and you're doing these crazy twists and bends. It's like holding poses for three minutes (laughs) or just constantly moving, doing lots of chaturangas. I mean, there was one day where we did 108 sun salutations that took us over two hours. Did you do the same thing also? Oh, you didn't? Okay. I guess we had the time to do it because it was over the course of a month, but um, that was exhausting. I mean, you're doing push-ups, 108 push-ups, but not just push-ups. You're going back into downward dog and it's these, these movements are so dynamic. You're using every muscle group and it just, in muscles you didn't even know existed, or you usually don't even activate in other types of exercise, you create space in your body. And that's so important because we hold a lot of emotions and tension in our body without even realizing it. So if you can create a little bit of space, you can unlock a lot. Bro. Yes. And the body keeps the score. And I did not realize how much yoga was healing me again until the, the training was done. Um, and I think another great thing about yoga is that it's a combination or you can make it. I won't say it is a standard combination of strength and flexibility, but you can absolutely make it a combination of strength and flexibility so that you are building up your resistance emotionally and also your ability to adapt to the environment your people around you whatever is happening in your brain adapt your own mind to deal with the situation i just feel like yoga is such a fluid practice you can make it exactly what you want and just make it work for you and it's going to work its magic regardless if you want to do hatha yoga and have a really chill time but like peaceful time with yoga and that change your mind in your life in a few months, weeks, that can absolutely happen. If you want to get ripped, you can go Ashtanga, rocket, power flow, and like get ripped and sweat and drip and die every time you get on a yoga mat. And also the mental like clarity and transition will happen as well. So like it is such a creative practice to me. And, and that is just a really awesome thing about it. And I just wanted to pick up on another thread, Stella, that you mentioned that yoga will mellow you out like absolutely so mellow like too mellow like my parents are like what planet are you on like because i'm just like that's your fear talking like that is totally from yoga (laughs) i know you're giving me your fear right now like please (laughs) exactly i mean you're so right especially just saying that because coming out of the teacher training you have this like it's kind of like the glass is now clean. Like you can see right through, like everything becomes transparent. So people's behaviors, like you can sense the motivation behind the behavior. And then you can take a step back and think, hmm, like why is this person motivated to do this thing? And then you realize it's like this deep rooted or deep seated fear or some sort of insecurity. Like you just peel back the layers. And granted, like, 
I'm not always right with these predictions that I'm, you know, I, no one's always right. And sometimes I'm like, okay, it's not that deep, Stella, like take a step back. But in the teacher training, we talked a lot about childhood and how everything comes back to fear and wanting this unconditional love in your childhood that realistically, like no one's going to get because everyone's human. Even if you think your parents are giving you unconditional love, they're not because unconditional love, there's no such thing as pure unconditional love, at least to my understanding right now. Um, Maybe my mind will change in a few months or in a year or tomorrow. I don't know. But this idea around like just wanting love and you being love, whatever that means, I'm still trying to figure out. We talked about that in the teacher training. I mean, it got really philosophical and maybe it got really cliche and maybe it got really like hippy dippy spiritual but when you're there and in that environment you're eating it up you know and it's hard to do it now in new york and working and feels like my new chapter of my life has started but it nevertheless it's so important to remember yeah and i just think like it's so funny you mentioned new york because i was just gonna have to say like i feel like the eastern hemisphere like hinduism buddhism like the religions that have existed and continue to like really influence a lot of like western spirituality and like that easier i say in quotes like way of living and ability to like empathize and love and find peace with people and things around you i so value and i think yoga was like yoga and astrology have honestly been my doorways to that like way of thinking and 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 just a a sliver of the culture of pieces of the eastern world that i wouldn't have usually come across and so I just find it so interesting how different parts of the world just subscribe to these these different like systems of culture and it it can take just one you know one yoga class one one dip into astrology to realize like how much more there is to beliefs that exist so definitely and I think the beauty of that is you can access this through any way that makes the most sense to you. So maybe you get this clarity from yoga. Maybe it's astrology. Maybe it's going to a spiritual place of worship or a church or something like that. Maybe it's through reading a really amazing book that changes your mind on a topic you've been thinking a lot about. Like it doesn't have to be yoga to get you there. So obviously we're both biased and we could both talk about yoga forever, but I think it's not going to happen until it like naturally happens for you. So no matter how much people are telling you to try yoga or to get into this thing or whatever, it's like until the timing is right and it like hits you, then you'll see the benefits of it. And I've been doing yoga since I was like nine. And it wasn't really until more recently where I have, I see yoga completely different now. So it really like, it takes, it takes you to make that change and to have that understanding. It does. And it happens in perfect timing, perfect timing. Uh, yeah. I'm just so grateful for what it's done to my mind. Like I can release so much more because of yoga and because of what has taught me and because of the yoga sutras. So to be a bit more practical, Stella, cause we, we can talk like this forever, as you said, if there are listeners who are wanting to like get started with yoga or, you know, this sparked an interest in them, what would you say, you know, is a good path to like get introduced to yoga as a practice or a philosophy and, and philosophy, it is a philosophy. <laughs> that is such a good question. And it's a hard one to answer because 
it depends on why the person wants to get interested in it. So if someone like wants to create more space in their body and they're an athlete, definitely try some sort of like restorative class or a vinyasa class if you feel like you already have the strength and you're looking to build a different type of strength. I always find that it's fun to go with a friend like in high school and in college too. I'd always say like, hey, I want to go to yoga class together. Like I'd make it like a social thing because then maybe you can go out for coffee after or go for a walk. Like it's it's more fun when you have someone with you. But then again, sometimes it's like, you know, I need to be alone to do it. It's like my me time. But if someone is not really into it at all and really like just uh, not super stoked by doing yoga, I would say the best way to give it a try is just to figure out what you'd want to take away from the practice and maybe talk to some yoga teachers about why they got interested in it or see if there are any great studios in your neighborhood or your area. Because also if you find a teacher that you love, I can guarantee you, you're going to want to keep going to their class and it builds a really special relationship. But I would just try to tell people to not shy away from it based off of a very limited perspective of what the practice can be. Yes, and don't look up yoga on Insta because you'll just see a lot of really scary poses and it is absolutely so much more than that. And so, yes, I'm glad you mentioned that too because that's just not reflective of what it is. Like it, it no one's watching you in a yoga class. No one cares if you can do a headstand. That's cool if you can, but if you can't like whatever, who cares? That's not what it's about. And soon, if you do it consistently, you'll build an awareness of your body where you can actually understand where your body is in space, like that proprioception. And once you also have the strength and the flexibility, you can do the headstand. You can literally do the headstand. Yeah. Like you won't believe it, but you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. (laughs) Yeah. That is so awesome. Well, Stella, is there anything, what do you want listeners to take away? One thing, this is the hardest question. Got to It's a tough question. The one thing I would like for your listeners to take away is just to keep an open mind about these practices. Like I know it can be very theoretical and abstract and not everyone loves that. And it doesn't have to be that for you. I would encourage people to approach yoga with an open mind. And I think something that worked for me was seeing it also in a more scientific perspective. So if that's your jam, get interested in how yoga can actually regulate your nervous system. See it as a stress reduction technique. Don't go into it as I need to get in a sweat today. You will feel so much happier if you are kinder to yourself at the end of the day than feeling as if you need to check every single box off your to-do list and your bucket list and everything that you feel needs to be what you're doing every day. You can really just give yourself a hug and also at the same time, you know, hold yourself to a standard that you want to see yourself achieve, but be kind to yourself along the way. You'll go very far. We love grace and acceptance and love to ourselves. Well, thank you so much, Stella. I'm so excited to have this show released. It's going to be I am so excited. Thank you again for having me as a guest. Of course. And folks, I will absolutely put Everyday Endorphins Instagram and pod link in the episode description so you can hear Stella talk some more. Um, and I'll also include Stella's like personal Instagram 
in the description as well if you would like if obviously you do want to reach out to her as well because um she is doing her thing she's a yoga teacher so essentially yes please ask her your yoga questions as well so yeah stella you're awesome thank you so much for sharing with the listeners today thanks charlie it was a pleasure being here Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Working Within. We're ecstatic that you made it this far. If you liked what you heard, we'd really appreciate your reviews and shares. And if you want to become a monthly supporter, you can click the link in our episode description as well. As always, stay connected with us through our Instagram, working.within, and our website, workingwithin.net. We hope to see you again soon.